Welcome to HQAF Radio. I'm Alana. And I'm Francis. And this is a show about two best friends. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And let me drink some water. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a loud drinker. I, I could tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing to your throat that it's so loud? I, well, I'm sure it's to no surprise that I'm the most aggressive person I know. So of course that means that when I drink things, I'm very aggressive about it. It's actually very embarrassing. I try not to drink water on camera, like when I'm in a Zoom meeting, because I feel like people can see like how aggressively I'm drinking. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an aggressive drinker. Like, I don't know what kind of mental illness this is, but it's a thing and I have it. <laughs> have you tried like drinking softer? <laughs> Whoa, that's so loud. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to drink right now. Tell me if you can even hear this. Did you do it? Yeah. Anything? Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. The fact that I can hear it over over the, the microphone right now yeah. is mind boggling. Yeah. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Well <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm a very aggressive drinker. Hi, my name's Alana and I need to go to some sort of twelve step program about drinking <laughs> like liquid just water very aggressively. <laughs> oh my god. I'll mute myself. I'll <laughs> I'll do it in between. Um, okay, wait. I'll just drink one more really aggressive gulp, and then I'm ready to go. Um, I guess let's let's take this gulping moment to decide who should open. I think you should open because okay. I was the one who 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 read right. So now we want to hear from you and introduce the topic. Um, so let me just aggressively drink, and then we'll get started. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> it's always been a, like Harley can hear it. He's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, Harley, this is how I drink normally. He's like, how have oh. I been friends with you for six years and not noticed that this is how you drink? I don't know. Maybe I did it when you weren't looking. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's a thing. You do it in maybe... shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just something, or maybe we never sat close enough where you were like, oh, wow, she's just really going at it. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very, um, yeah, it's it's embarrassing for me on work calls. Like, I can't drink water. So I did down, like, so much water before long work calls, because otherwise I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> the Sahara Desert over here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Love that. <laughs> Ready to get started? Yep. Ready. Welcome back, folks. And I am so excited for this segment. Um, I actually, Alana, I don't even know what have we decided on what we're calling this. Like when we do these episodes. No, I came up with a couple of ideas. Uh, so Alana's fan fiction corner was one idea. Or, um, um, oh, Banger Box fan fiction, Alana's fan fiction corner, Hikari mm -hmm. Bruder, the young novelist. Yes. My, uh, <laughs> you like that? What about my life as a main anime character? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? 
So I think my life as the main as a main anime character is very long. It's a very long <laughs> title. It is very long. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alana's fan fiction corner. I literally just got off of work, uh, and uh, long story short, one of my clients wants to, um, what's the word, uh, take over some time at a meeting and call this specific section of time his corner. And so I really have the, <laughs> it's like, I, I really don't have a very good association with the word corners. So yeah. <laughs> maybe we uh, stick to either Banker Box fan fictions or uh, what's the other one? Hikari Bruder's. Oh, Hikari Bruder, the young novelist. I, kind of, I love, you like, I love you, both you of them. You reacted well to that. I know. Yeah. So like, I love the, so let me tell you why I love both. So yeah, I like Banker Box because it like it, it you, this is where you've been storing all of your fan fiction it's like a look through time for the young alana like i yeah. i love it and it sounds super professional for what it is like even though we're reading fan fictions you know <laughs> it sounds like it sounds really professional i love for the second name you bringing bringing forth your your hikari breeder persona and finally like melding it into your podcasting persona I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, just legitimizing the the name, the alter ego. I know, and I mean, pretty soon you're gonna have to like start broadcasting this to your fan fiction audience, like this podcast advertising. I on, mean, on yes. Hikari Bruder, yeah. Maybe yeah. reference it in your next fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, oh, actually, kind of love that. Mokuba Might and Seto start a start a podcast. <laughs> oh, oh my god you thought of my next fan fiction thank you when i finish wingman this is the next one love that let's do it yeah um okay, so, so wait I've... wait did we decide which one wait Bangerbox <sighs> fan picture or we were not sure I'm still well, we not sure decide at the end how about we do the episode and we'll kind of get a set i feel like once we get a sense you know we'll see how this goes this commentary this book club type of style then the title will become you know it will reveal itself the right one what do you think Sounds good to me. So today, I'm very excited to introduce to you guys a very new segment that we're doing that we still don't know the title of yet, but it's going to revolve around Alana's childhood fan fiction. Up to adulthood, I think, maybe? I don't know, like... <laughs> um, Wait, is but... it going to extend past my young you know, uh, 10, 12, 11, 12 era of writing. Are we, are we going to read some of my fan fiction from my fanfiction.net account? Publish works? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a sound of someone who doesn't want to, want it to go in that direction. Honestly, well, that makes sense. This uh, is very we'll see. This, this first one is, has been so good. I, so I, uh, so what we're doing is we are, going through a banker's box of fan fiction that Alana has been keeping an archive of her works in. And it extends from as far back as her very first one that she wrote in fourth grade. Um, yeah. I, I, what's the latest one in that in those boxes? Like the, what's the most recent one? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I I just, I think, so originally I think we, or, or uh, in my mind I was thinking, oh, I want to get all the fan fiction that I wrote prior to discovering Yu-Gi-Oh! in which 
I then started publishing everything on fanfiction.net. Yes, I'll be giving myself a shout out at the end and a promo at the end. But <laughs> um, all of this, I was thinking it would be from the year 2000, 2001 up to 2003, 2004. Uh, no, 2003, because that's when I started writing Yu-Gi-Oh! fanfiction and publishing it on fanfiction.net. So that's sort of the time frame. This very crucial critical you know time in my life i'm going through puberty i'm going through braces it's um i'm discovering who i am as a writer uh it's just a very interesting time in my um novel a novelist career to a snapshot into this era where i'm really just learning how the english language works and um seeing how that translates into written word <laughs> <laughs> and having a lot of confidence while I do it. You'll hear some of that, or if you've heard it already, you heard some of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very excited um, to, to, to um, embark in this journey, especially after listening to this very first one. It's, it's so good. It's such a great insight into your mind as, as a 10-year-old. Like, I, I mean, literally insight, because they're like shifts in tone there's like <laughs> random concepts that like come up. i was like oh i i think uh, something happened to fourth grade alana at this juncture <laughs> yeah, right oh i know oh my and, god and it's perhaps that's a good starting point um I, I i've been dying to know what your thoughts are what's kind of your initial reaction to me as a 10 year old writer, because I'm, I'm dying to know that before we get into the specifics of the story, which we will, and we will get into all of it, uh, audience, but I'm dying to hear what are your initial impressions of me as a 10 year old writer? Like what, what sort of, um, you know, just what are your first impressions? Yeah, I'd love I, to hear them. I honestly thought that this was more involved than I, than I originally was thinking it would be. Um, some of the, some of the, like the storytelling in here, because I guess I just don't know like what I was doing or thinking as a ten-year-old, but like I feel like I never would have been able to piece together a multi-chapter story in the way that you did as a ten-year-old kid. Like you put together, I mean, regardless of the quality, it is a story with a beginning, end, um, uh, a conflict resolution even a little bit of a sequel like it's kind of <laughs> it's it's pretty well formed um if you think about it um so i was actually pretty surprised at at um at how well formed it was and just that you could piece a lot of it together in in, in a way like you actually had chapters with some thoughts um dedicated to it so it sounded like um to me that 10 year old alana had put in some effort into writing this by the way, folks, I did not pay him to say that. This is all just authentically coming from him. I did not pay him to say that I was a good writer at, at 10 years old. And that's not, I think that. Oh, no, no, no. Like, let me, so let me, let me oh, say it. It's not good. It's not great. But you, like, yeah. you are so much more advanced as a writer at 10 years old than I think I would have been. Like, I, but, like, I have no frame of reference. I've, but like I'm assuming that mm -hmm. me as a 10 year old never would have been able to write a story like this so right well yeah. you were just acknowledging that there were some complexities that maybe you know or some concepts that uh, maybe other 10 year olds would introduce can you explain to me a little bit about the premise of G Gundam I know sort of like the overarching G Gundam series like it's about mechs like mechs which are these gigantic 
robotic humanoid mostly um things robots and they're usually piloted by people but um and and so that's usually what g gundam is about g gundam usually has some sort of war going on where there's one faction versus another faction and they have both both factions have gundams i think is like a general cliche or trope of the, the gundam series in g gundam and correct me if i'm wrong i think the, the the um in this one the earth is like come up with neo countries of some sort and every country has their own pilot champion that contributes to like this this defense force yeah exactly and um kind of as you were speaking you were reminding me a lot of the elements because i truly did not remember but you talking about it did remind me that yeah every it's kind of like um I don't know the Olympics, like you take your at the Olympics, you take your best athletes and those that's like the team that you send to the Olympics. Well, in this case, it's just one person who operates one um, mech, one Gundam, and they represent or are the like authority or lead the military, I guess, of that country. And I think also there's some big world war situation going on, which is why all these countries are at conflict. And there's a huge tournament because, of course, it's an anime. There has to be some sort of tournament. It's very shonen, you know, anime style of them. But, um, yeah, there's, like, this big tournament. And I forget if you, I don't know, like, I don't think you rule the world necessarily. But there's some clear, like, global affairs issues going on. And so that's where, so Domon is, like, the Neo-Japan Gundam representative fighter. And Allenby is Neo-Sweden. Um, so I do remember watching this as a kid, and the, w- the one thing I remember it sort of deviating from the other Gundam series is that the country, like the mechs, look kind of ridiculous, especially when you start getting into like, oh, this is Neo Mexico, and Neo Mexico's got got like this giant sombrero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like some of them are just dumb, and <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah, like I I remember it kind of getting ridiculous. It's I mean like as like outside the realm of imagine of 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 belief uh, disbelief like you're suspending your uh disbelief for this uh anime um like why are these mechs like centered around each country's cu- cultural identity now like why is the mech wearing a sombrero i don't know <laughs> oh i know it's it, some of them are definitely um uninspired dragon gundam uh has a dragon for a claw thing i think i'm pretty sure oh and that's chinese i think right um yeah that's in my my story which is how i recall that it has oh it's dragon gundam because it has like dragon head as the cannon on its hand um yeah it's really g gundam was not the popular gundam series uh gundam series were really big back in the 90s early 2000s and um You know, the popular ones were Gundam Seed and Gundam Wing and um, other, you know, Gundam series. And G Gundam was mostly referred to as the worst Gundam series. So, <laughs> there, you know, it, it's not hard to believe or, um, you know, hear you say, yeah, I just wasn't really into it. And some of the, you know, Mobile 2 Gundams were ridiculous because, uh, yeah, it just wasn't a great show. Didn't have a strong writing team. Clearly needed me. I was a strong writer back then, let me tell you. But, um, yeah, I wasn't inspired <laughs> as a show. What, what drew you to write about this? 
So what I love about G Gundam is uh, the Allenby character, I think. I, I mean, or at least I don't know if I tried watching the other shows, but uh, what I liked about Gundam was that there was a female character that, you know, manned a Gundam. So they were and she towards the end of the series, I do remember she becomes a rather important character. She has, I think, her own um, subplot going on. And uh, I like that. And I thought she was really cool. And she had blue hair and she, you know, manned her own Gundam. And that was awesome. And so I think that's what I liked about it. I don't think any of the other shows had girl characters or maybe they did, but none of them had blue haired characters. I was really into blue haired characters. I think now that you mentioned it, like, I don't remember. I mean, definitely uh, um, as is typical of these early 90s animes, like uh, females are never usually in positions of equal power of with male so i could see why you were drawn to alan b actually i had in my notes um i i wrote here conga equivalent conga what do you mean okay so oh kanga yeah i'm sorry my kango um <laughs> so i i probably need to expand on this more but i remember you saying back when you were kids with your brothers um you would always get um, sort of pushed into the female role of wife slash mother because that's usually what right. they do. And so I don't know why I wrote equivalent, but I thought, or you know what I meant? I probably meant to write was Kenga, um, like opposite. Yeah. <laughs> because in, in, yeah, in this particular uh, anime, Allenby is not a mother type. She is a representative of her own country um, and is fighting alongside other males. Like she is actually an equal in this world to other males. Right, exactly. And actually, I love that we're taking a literary analysis turn with this, because that was something I you reminded me that I wanted to talk about during this um, episode, which is that, yes, I definitely identified with Alan B. I love that she was a, an active participant in the mobile suit world, that she had her own mobile suit and she had therefore had her own agency and could establish it. And like, you know, she was her own woman who could go and and be just as strong and just as good as the men but so i i'm living in this world as you know uh, growing up with boys who were saying i could only be a mother i could only be um yeah a homemaker whatever uh when i grew up and so i'm here trying to take that power back but at the same time rain is making breakfast or she's washing dishes and she's the only other female character so i'm apparently like accepting that this is my gender role um or i'm not accepting the gender role for myself but i am forcing it upon every other female character <laughs> like i thought that was so funny and then rain is the one thing oh men like making these comments about men and um yeah she takes this very you know, uh, not active role in the story. And she's just sort of there, like, you should go to bed and uh, let me wash these dishes. And so on the one hand, I'm trying to break the mold, but on the other hand, I'm just molding it somewhere else. <laughs> like, I get to go and do my own Gundam adventure and you can be the homemaker. <laughs> like, I thought that was very interesting, just from a female empowerment standpoint like the empowerment is only reserved for me everyone else should just stay in their lane stay at home stay in the kitchen i mean it's wild <laughs> to have a civil stand. you're not you're not trying to break any barriers you just want to break it for yourself like <laughs> exactly like truly i am the main character of my own novel i get to be the gundam fighter you get to wash the dishes <laughs> 
<laughs> Bruh. Like, if I can... I, I don't remember all the enemies back at our time. The only one I can think of that had active, like, female characters in in sort of a, a role alongside of men had to be Gundam. Um, at least G Gundam. I don't know about the other ones like you do. Because um, Sailor Moon was just mostly females and female empowerment. But, you know, they were fighting other females. There's never really any sort of um, situation where they were fighting alongside a man or um, against a man, really, at some at, ever. Like, I think most of the villains are females. And when you flip it to the other side, it's the same thing with Dragon Ball Z. And even even when there are instances where the female characters are fighting, I think it's usually against other female... And this is um, for anime in general. It's usually against other female characters. Well, I watched... A bit. There wasn't a lot of shows that had, yeah, uh, an active female participant who would fight amongst men and not just women. So maybe that is what drew me. Maybe because I felt like it was more representative of my, the environment I grew up in. I mean, I would just never fight with other women. There weren't other women to fight with. I grew up with boys, so I could not relate to Sailor Moon. Also, I thought it was dumb, so I just could not get behind it. It was too frou-frou, too fruity, too, oh my god, look at my outfits. I'm like, where are your fucking meccas, okay? Get out of here. <laughs> Allenby would stomp on you. <laughs> okay, I, I did a Google search, though, for Allenby's mecca, and her mecca looks almost ex- like Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, exactly, with the short shirt skirt and the high heels. Oh, yeah, it's and you can com- you can compare it to like the other other male characters and their mechas and there's like all beefy and bulky and um like in in a perfect universe like why why does it matter <laughs> like well shouldn't right. the female also be in a in a very strong suit that can defend her against other mechs look i'm not saying my logic made sense I'm just telling you where it came from, okay? I'm not saying it was right. Also, can we talk about, I made, you know, Noble Gundam in my image. That Gundam does not look like Alan B. She's got long, flowing blonde hair. Can we also talk about how a Gundam has flowing hair? What? Of course, it's the only girl Gundam that has flowing hair. Everyone else is just a freaking robot. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> also, I, <laughs> I also, I just Googled Alan B. Gundam, and her name is actually spelled... A-L-L-E-N-B-Y. Yes. And that is a great place to end the story because when I was a child, I didn't see her name. I didn't read, you know, fan fiction about her. So I interpreted, I, you know, imposed upon the, the written literature myself in this character. So I literally rewrote the name as I interpreted to be, which looks like my name. Um. Yes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I I <laughs> Francis is shook right now. <laughs> yeah. You can't be that shook though. This is I, very I, on par for or on brand for me. Right? Wouldn't you agree? This is like the most on brand thing. I know. I'm I'm I am like at a loss for words. <laughs> Wait, at a loss for words because you're embarrassed or you're um shocked or you're inspired or you're cringing like which which is it francis <laughs> i i i just shocked at like how much alana a 10 year old alana has like injected herself in this story so much so that she 
I mean, like, I could understand not seeing the words Alan B uh, during this anime, but like, like writing it out so that's it's almost letter for letter your name. <laughs> I know. A literal spelling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, does it? And that truly, when I take a step back and look at this, that's what the, the funniest about this is that Alana Filter truly existed for years before I had a term for it because that is the most Alana filter thing I have ever seen in my life. Wow. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> oh my God. Can you read the synopsis that you wrote for this? <gasps> yes. So I actually discovered that I did write a little uh, synopsis on the back of this composition notebook, like a real novelist. It has a front and it has the title all nicely done with construction paper in blue and green because those are my favorite colors. And then on the back, which is also on construction paper, glued to my composition book, the summary reads, This story starts out with a tomboy named Allenby, who has never had a boyfriend in her life and has but one friend, Rain. But when she finally sees her friend, she falls in love with her friend's partner, Domon. But there are other guys out there that liked Allenby too. But love isn't the only problem she has. She has to watch out for DG cells. Read how her dull life turns into an adventure. Does that not make you want to pick this off a shelf and pay $20 at Barnes & Noble and just take it home to your kids? I don't know what does. If that doesn't, I don't know what does. <laughs> wow, truly a novelist I was as a mere child. <laughs> you wrote a pretty, like, accurate synopsis, I guess. But uh, the only thing is, like, I, I don't agree with is the fact that she has a dull life because, like, the very beginning, Domon is, like, trying to challenge her to a Gundam battle. In fact, I think it opens with a Gundam battle, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Almost every chapter <laughs> except for the God discussion has a Gundam battle in it. <laughs> like, wow, this this is truly the epitome of zero to 100 in no time at all. Would you say that's a pretty good description? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's begin. Chapter 1. Slash went the arm of a bolt gun dome. Sparks were all around my lightsaber whip. Just as I was about to do the final blow, the pilot gave up. I returned home late, and just as I was brushing my teeth, I looked at a picture that was very special to me. It was a picture of me with my best friend, Rain. When I walked to my bedroom, I looked at my phone. It had got a message. I pressed the button on my phone, and to my surprise, it was rain. Hey, Allenby, long time no see. Is your hair still blue? Anyway, I wanted to tell you that I'm in California, and I wanted to know if you wanted to meet me at Seal Beach, and you can meet Gundam fighter Domon. He's my partner, your BFF, Rain. I suddenly bounced on my bed with joy. I was finally going to see my best friend. I was having flashbacks in my dreams about those good times with Rain. The next thing I knew, it was 9 a.m. Time to meet Rain! The morning was very bright, as it usually is. Finally, I got to Seal Beach. I saw Rain and ran and jumped and hugged her. Then, after the hug, I noticed a man with black hair and a red cape, covering his body with a bad attitude face. Oh, Allenby, it's been so long. Oh, this is Domon she said, pointing her hand at the man. Well, don't just stand there, Domon. Shake hands. Then sticking his hand out of his cape, 
shaked my hand. Pleased to meet you, I said, trying not to show my blush. I heard you are a Gundam fighter. Let me fight you. Domon, stop it. This is the first time I'm seeing Alan B since years. It's okay, I said. I accept his challenge. Suddenly, a smile appeared on Domon's face, also blushing. So what Gundam do you pilot, Domon? I asked after slipping my tea from my mouth. I pilot a Shining Gundam. Suddenly, I spit my tea from my mouth and said, You're the King of Hearts? Um, yes. I'm sorry, it's just that I have heard of a Shining Gundam warrior who was the King of Hearts, and I've been wanting to fight you. I said after whipping my mouth from the tea. A smile came from Domon's face. Garsh, I've missed out a lot of years. Hey, my first question is, do you have a boyfriend? I started to blush again. Domon, please, come on, give me a break. Oh, please tell me, it's been a long time, you know. I know, but... Allenby, okay, I'll tell you. No. Sorry, Allenby, I didn't know about how you never had a, any boyfriends. I then whispered to Domon, Domon, you know that was private. Rain just sat there, blinking her eyes. I could see at the corner of my eye that half the day Domon was staring at me. We had just finished a game of cards when I looked at the clock and noticed it was 10 p.m. I think it's about time we go to bed, I said after yawning. We all said goodnight to each other, then went to bed. Chapter 2 I woke up to the bright sun. When I walked to the kitchen, Rain was already making breakfast. Hey there, sleepyhead. How did you sleep? Okay, thank you, I said in a yawn. Good morning, Allenby and Rain, said Domon, who was already dressed and ready to go. Suddenly a huge bang rumbled the house. What's going on? Rain asked. Harry's here with his Gundam Maxter. I heard he's looking for you, Allenby, he said with a worried face. Then Domon and I got into our mobile suits and ran right in front of Harry. Ah, Allenby, you showed. Hello, Domon, Harry said. This has nothing to do with you. Listen, Allenby, I have to tell you something, Harry said, then pushed Domon hard into the ocean. I love you, and I ask for your hand in marriage, said Harry, holding my hand in his. Then Domon punched Harry across the city. Then he tried to do Shining Thinger, but surprised as I was, dodged it and hit Domon on the neck. Now, where was I? You were where I was going to say no, and you were about to lose this Gundam fight to me. You said no, but I'm so wealthy? Question mark? <laughs> Let me think. I don't care. Then suddenly, I wiped Harry to the ground. Domon was back in action as he said, Shining Thinger. Then Domon striked Harry with his glowing hand into his face. Harry had lost the battle and was in the hospital. Rain went to check Harry and noticed that he was infected by the dark Gundam and had DG cells. Domon, Harry has DG cells. What? Then we could be infected. Examine us immediately, said Domon. Rain quickly examined us. None of us had DG cells. I was happy, but really tired. Why don't you take a nap? It's good for you, said Rain, seeing how tired I really was. Okay, Rain, I'll take a nap, but only because you said I should. Hey, Rain. Yes, Domon, said Rain, who was washing the dishes from lunch. 
Do you think that Harry knows where my brother is? Said Domum, staring out the window. I don't know, Domum. He might, but he might not. In my dreams, I could still hear the seagulls sheeching, screeching, screeching. I could also smell the ocean air. I could feel the breeze. Suddenly, it started raining. The rain relaxed me into a deep sleep. Chapter 3 The next morning, or what I thought was morning, I looked at my clock and noticed it was already 1 p.m. I slipped down the stairs as I went to see if rain was here. Allenby, are you sure you're okay? You've slept an awful long time? Asked Rain. I don't know. I guess I'm really tired. (laughs) Then I looked around and noticed that Domo wasn't here. Where's Domo? He's only having a Gundam fight, said Rain in a bored voice. I heard her whisper, men. (laughs) Then the teacup on the table with... (laughs) with the tea in it, started to shake. Then a huge gunshot was heard. I looked out the window and saw Shining Gundam and Harrow Gundam fighting. I watched as I went to Noble Gundam how Harrow Gundam turned his cloth into a lightsaber and slashed Domon again and again and again as Harrow Gundam kept slashing Domon. When he finally stopped, Fighting, Domon was badly hurt. Then Harrow Gundam picked up Domon by the head and started squeezing it. Then, as he was about to lash, or bash, sorry, Domon's head off, I came angrily and punched Harrow Gundam into the ocean. This is my sorrow, my happiness, and all of my anger, I said as I wiped Harrow Gundam angrily and destroyed Harrow Gundam and ran to Domo. You're lucky you're alive, Domo, said Rain after Domo woke up. Where's Harrow Gundam? You should thank Allenby for that. She cut him into pieces, said Happy. I, I don't know which character that's supposed to be, but okay, said Happy. Where is she now? She's taking a nap. But it's only 2 p.m. I know, but she is tired. I wonder, said Domo. Now, chapter four. The next morning, when I woke up, Domo was right next to me. Then I noticed I was in the hospital. Domo had my arm in his hands and was examining the silver thing on my arm. Then I knew what I had. I had DG cells. Yep. DG cells, looks like I'm going to have to destroy you, said Domon sadly. I knew he didn't want to destroy me, but I heard he had to kill the ones who had DG cells. <laughs> Domon, don't. I know she has DG cells, but you fight her. She's my best friend. Oh, but don't fight her. She's my best friend, yelled Rain, running into the room. Well, get out of bed and get your mobile suit. I walk sadly to my noble Gundam. When I got into the cockpit, suddenly this, these wires went around me, and I soon felt like destroying. My noble Gundam then turned black and then drank, dragged to another Gundam. I don't know what that says. Okay. Listen, Allenby, before I destroy you, I wanted to tell you that I love you. Suddenly, my bloody red eyes turned pink. 
I then turned back into Noble Gundam, and soon my Gundam was normal. Even though I was in my Gundam, I still ran and hugged Domon. At first he just stood there, as I had my arms around him. Then he put his arms around me. I love you too, Domo. I was just too scared to tell you. I said with tears in my eyes, Oh, Allenby, this could be a whole new beginning for us. Then he said, kneeling on one knee and taking my hand in his, I ask you, Allenby, may I take your hand in marriage, said Domo. For me, this was a dream come true. So then I kneeled and hugged him and said with tears in my eyes, yes, I do. Chapter five. We had arranged our wedding two months from. When we told Rain, she said with tears in her eyes, oh, Domo, this is just great. We could take Alan B with us around the world. While Rain was calling all Domo's and my relatives and Domo was out taking a walk, I had some time alone in my workshop. I was working on a little thing I was working on for months. Then suddenly, bang, a Gundam come in my workshop and took me. Harry will be happy when I bring him his lost girl, said the pilot of the Gundam. I knew that Harry was behind all of this. Why is Harry trying to kidnap me when he knows I'm engaged to Domon? When I finally got to Harry's so-called lair, with a Y, not an I, <laughs> the Gundam droped me on the floor. Harry was sitting on a throne that was up a long, wide stairway. I couldn't see him because he was so far up, he was in the shadows. Soon Harry walked down, but was dressed like a king. Suddenly the entrance in closed and I was stuck in here alone with Harry. One last time, will you marry me? Said Harry sternly. No way, I said, giving him an ugly face. I wasn't just so weak. I was a tomboy most of my life. I, okay, I, let me read that again. I wasn't just so weak. I was a tomboy most of my life. I hanged out with the boys and learned how to fight and be tough. I guess you must praise, oh, sorry, perish early then, said Harry, taking out a knife. He tried to stab me, but I kicked the knife right out of his hand. As he watched his knife fly over him, I kicked him in the stomach and then in the face. The battle raged on for hours, with me winning. I was trying not to show that I was getting tired. I kicked Harry in the face one last time, then fell backwards on the ground. I couldn't fight anymore. I had lost all of my power in my body. Harry, who was bruised and had blood coming out from his mouth, had a stupid smile on his face. He started to laugh as I, as I panted and sweated. Well, who's going to save you now, huh? He was right. It had been hours and Domon didn't show up. I started to lose faith until Domon crashed through the entrance with his shining Gundam. Domon, you came! I shouted as he picked me up with his Gundam. This battle isn't over just yet, said Harry, 
angrily wiping the blood from his mouth. As we were running home, Harry ended up right in front of us with his Gundam Maxter. Then he shot with one of his guns, but Domon dodged it. Dance, Domon, dance, <laughs> Harry said as he was shooting his gun at Domon's feet and making us dance. Then Domon somersaulted in the air, then said, Shining Finger, and soon killed Harry. Domon didn't bother to come to his funeral. I felt bad. Now on to chapter six. Time didn't seem to fly by. Just last week, Domon had killed Harry, but it seemed like forever. I knew Domon felt guilty. He says he's taking a walk every day, but one day I followed him. I saw he actually went to the church. It's good for him, so I let him go every day with no question. So far, ever since I met Domon, it has been an adventure. But one day I was just walking around when suddenly a dragon Gundam almost stepped on me. It wasn't a regular dragon Gundam. It was black. Whoever was piloting that dragon Gundam had DG cells. It looked down at me, then pointed his dragon hand at me and bursted out fire. I dodged it and soon ran away. Then dragon Gundam fired his flamethrower again. I kept dodging it until I tripped over a rock. I felt the heat of the fire, but felt no pain. I, lo I locked up and saw Domon's shield. Then Domon stood up and punched Dragon Gundam to the ground. <laughs> he pinned Dragon Gundam to the ground and took out his lightsaber and was about to cut off his head when he punched Domon off then stabbed his lightsaber into the ground, trying to stab Domon. Domon rolled over, and as Dragon Gundam was trying to take out his lightsaber from the ground, when Domon hit Dragon Gundam on the neck and made him unconscious. After that, Domon took out his lightsaber and was about to stab Dragon Gundam when I grabbed his arms. Alambi, I have to kill him. You know that, Domon yelled. Listen, let Rain care of this, okay? Just let Rain care of this, okay? I yelled angrily. The pilot of the Dragon Gundam was in the hospital, and Rain gave him medicine to make the DG cells disappear. When she got home, I was alone in my room. Domon was going on his so-called walk, air quotes. Rain came in my room and said, You did a good job. The pilot was uh, only a mere kid, and you saved his life. You should be proud. I just sat there looking at the floor as she went out of my room. I went to my garage and looked at Noble Gundam. I had Noble Gundam since I was a little kid. I built it myself because my parents were mostly get gone during the day, so I built it not to be bored. <laughs> I was very good at making things, and I still am. <laughs> that was mainly why I had a workshop. I made Noble Gundam in my image so everyone could see me. It's silly to make a Gundam for that, but that's why I did it. <laughs> Chapter 7. A month from now, I'm sh shouldering... I'm... I should... 
I'm supposed to get married. I think that was the word I was trying to write. I'm supposed to get married. Uh, I think now Domon has gone to church long enough. Ever since he killed Harry, he has never spent any personal time with me. So one day I told him, Domon, we really need to talk. I sat him down and said, now that we uh, are engaged, we have to spend time together. And you can't always go to church. <laughs> How did you know? Domon asked. I followed you, but that's not important. What is important is that we spend time together and go on dates. Domon had a weird face and said, Garsh, Alan B., I didn't know being engaged was that important to you. Oh, sorry. I didn't know being engaged was that important to you? Question mark. Well, now you do, I said, starting to cry. I'm sorry, Alan B. Domon said, hugging me. But you have to remember that we'll spend the rest of our lives with each other when we get married. Uh, till the day we die, Domon said, emotionally. Somehow it made me feel better. After one last sniff, Domon kissed me on the cheek. I started to blush as he walked out of the room. Chapter 8 After that conversion, we spent more time together. Here and then, Domon would kiss me on the cheek. I started to get used to that. Domon stopped going to church. All right. <laughs> It made me feel good that we were spending more time with each other. One day we were playing fighting. We were play fighting when bang, something shot me. Tomon turned around and saw the dark Gundam. I got up quickly. I knew this would be a long battle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got out my lightsaber whip and whipped him. He looked up at me with his bloody red eyes that were unbearable to look at. Then punched me hard in the face. Domon took out his lightsaber and started to have a duel with him. Every time Domon cut off an arm, it would fix back up. The duel looked like Star Wars to me. <laughs> love the reference. Love the um, call out there. Anyway, I watched helplessly. Domon got hit in the face, then Dark Gundam slashed Domon's arm off. Then I couldn't watch it anymore. I jumped up on my feet and started whipping Dark Gundam. When half his body was gone, but was resurrecting, my whip then turned into a lightsaber and stabbed Dark Gundam in the cockpit. When my lightsaber came out of the back of Dark Gundam, there was Domon's brother who was stabbed in the stomach. After the battle, Domon's brother was sent to the hospital, but died. Domon went to his funeral. Domon looked so sad. Chapter 9. Heavy stuff here, guys. Heavy stuff. Alright, chapter 9. A month after that was my wedding. It was beautiful. In my white dress. Oh, sorry. I was beautiful in my white dress. Domon was handsome with his black suit. Do you, Domon, take Allenby as your lovely wedded wife, said the priest. I do, Domon said. And do you, Allenby, take Domon as your lovely wedded husband? I do, I said wonderfully. 
You may now kiss the bride, said the priest. Everyone clapped as we kissed each other. It was the best moment of my life. At the party, there was a huge cake. As we walked out of the church, everyone took pictures and crowded us. We just ran past everyone and jumped into our car. On our bumper, it said, just married. The wedding was like the end of a fairy tale. It was definitely a dream come true. From that day on, I always remembered that day. Chapter 10. It has been a year since that dear day I got married. Rain has gone all over the world to help people. Domon and I haven't used our mobile suits since that battle against the Dark Gundam. I'm... I found out that there are more important things than Gundams. Like our important thing, children. Domon and I had a daughter. Domon says that it is just a little me. <laughs> Her name is Rebecca. She has Domon's black hair, my good looks, and a little red cape, like her father's. <laughs> I have become... A lot, no, sorry, I have learned a lot from just having a one-year-old child in the house. She looks so peaceful when she sleeps. The neighbors say they haven't seen a baby as cute as ours. <laughs> Domon and I are Catholic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Moving on. We also baptize Rebecca. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just had to... Sorry, had to press. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we also baptize Rebecca. <laughs> Domon has also learned something more important than Gundams. God. <laughs> okay, composing myself. I'm proud of Domon making a wise decision for our future. Having a husband like Domon is incredible. Uh, I guess life really does have, really does bring surprises. I have also learned that you don't always have to be alone in life. And I have figured out that when I thought I was alone, I wasn't. God was there for me. <laughs> Being Catholic taught me a lot. It seems like I have missed out a lot throughout my life. I have also noticed that I never really look closely at anything, like how blue the sky is or how bright the sun is. One last thing I have learned is that my life is one big adventure. That will never end. The end. Uh, there's also a note to the reader. Note to reader, you have read that Allenby isn't an ordinary tomboy, but has the Dark Gundam been defeated? To be continued. Alana, you say that you're tired, or Alan B, I'm sorry, I should have put you two together. Alan B like says she's tired about four or five times in this um, in this story. I took notes, like specific times that she says that she's tired. You can say it's me because I, I, you can clearly see I projected myself onto the character. The, Alan B is completely supposed to be me. I can't remember the actual character's personality. I haven't seen G Gundam in 10 plus years, but I'm sure she was not exactly 
who I was as a 10 year old, but that's who I wrote in this story. <laughs> it's for sure me. <laughs> so one thing I've noticed throughout is like, you, instead of gosh, uh, <laughs> Garsh, Garsh, <laughs> like Goofy. Did you take this from the Goofy movie? So uh, I read it as Gorsh because that's how I wrote it. I wrote G-A-R-S-H. So not G-O-S-H, G-A-R-S-H. So that is how I wrote it and how it was meant to be read. That's how Goofy says it, Gorsh. Yeah. yeah. So if, you know, Goofy movie may have been um, inspiration for this. Uh, don't see the, the father-son elements, but it, it could be there. You know, Domon has some issues. <laughs> So in the very first chapter, um, <laughs> there's like um, some parts where Alana, the writer, is trying to describe like actions that are happening and the two passages that I wrote down. So um, I spit my tea from my mouth. <laughs> and the other one, Rain just sat there blinking her eyes. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's just so very like literal, like yes. <laughs> it's just so like yeah, like exactly as a ten-year-old would write it. It's just so literal. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I love that you add those like details, but it's just like the way that you describe some of these actions are are just like to the point. Like she she's not batting her eyes; she's blinking them. Um, description is not really my um strength at this age like there's a lot of moving parts there's people talking you don't necessarily know who's talking to who at times um there's lots of like action and things and suddenly he's punched across the city and we're at the ocean and meet me at california but where does allenby live and like the next morning 9 a.m i'm there and it's seal beach also by the way i grew up in seal beach california hence why the only location that is noted is seal beach california because that was the only place i knew other than where I currently lived as a 10-year-old, I thought the world was just California and uh, Virginia. So that's where that came in. Yeah, things come up fast in this uh, in this uh, um, book. Um, like in the very first chapter, Domon, Domon, D-O-M-O-N? Domon, that... yep, okay. exactly. Domon asks Alan B if she has a boyfriend already. It's like just very, like within the first minute of ask, of of meeting Alan B, they just met. Like this is very forward and uh, like almost in contrast for the, from the brooding um, Heathcliff type of character. Um, yeah. And then like in the very next chapter, they're for some reason staying together in the same house. Like, Oh, I know. I was like, oh, Domon slept over? Jesus Christ. And then <laughs> like, and then what? Harry comes over and and proposes to Allenby. Like, who's Harry? I don't know who Harry is. Why did <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? And then like he proposed to her in the Gundam. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like why were Gundams necessary for this interaction? That that could have happened at like in person oh yeah no i mean that in chapter two i have the reference material right in front of me so that's how i'm able to cite certain chapters so in chapter two it's literally i wake up in the house and then uh 
Harry's here with his Gundam, and then Domon's hit pushed. Harry said, then pushed Domon hard into the ocean. So we went from like I'm in a house to I'm in the Gundam, and we're on the beach. Maybe like I don't know. Maybe Rain has beachfront property, and we don't know. We will never know. But uh, my favorite part about that interaction is when you know he goes, "Oh, I want to marry you," and she said, and she says, "No," and he goes. <laughs> You said no, but I'm so wealthy. Literally written with a question mark. Like I'm so wealthy. Wealthy question mark. Okay. What? We, nothing is established. You don't know what you're missing out on. Like um, what the fuck? Also, who are you? Like maybe we start with that as the reason why I don't want to marry you, sir. Like who are you? Like what is going on? And then after after he rejects her, they fight to the death, don't they? Like they like fight and have a duel. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting. Yeah, in this. it's like the, this. Like really escalated very fast. So fast. <laughs> and then what I loved, what I loved that like at the very end. Um, well, I, I wrote down the time marker here, chapter two, t- at ten fifty. <laughs> uh, Allenby says she's happy but tired. Oh, oh, that happens a lot. I'm I'm tired a lot in this story. I also wanted to note that I do brush my teeth in this. I think once or twice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then like I think you start off the first chapter with like I don't know but I'm really tired (laughs) yeah exactly Um, I love that my one sort of going back to description right my one sort of claim to not necessarily claim to fame but my one attempt that's what I'll call it my one attempt at description is then the teacup on the table with the tea in it started to shake Girl, <laughs> that was me trying to like, woo, wow, you got a setting right here. Like you see the scene. There's a teacup with some tea in it. That's what's shaking. If you were confused, that was the thing that was shaking before. I couldn't just say the teacup was shaking. Like, no, the tea the teacup the tea in it was shaking. <laughs> how dare you? Oh my god. I mean, but that's just like an example of how like you were trying to write detail, you just didn't have words to the detail. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that also, I think, calls to who I was as a, a writer, too, that I was very, um, it, or calls to the foreshadowing of who I would become as a person. So I'm a rather impatient person. And so something that I do remember when I first got into writing was that, um, and reading, of course, also was that I felt like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, can't we get to the point? Can't we get to the stuff that matters? Can't we get to the fights? Can't we get to the dialogue? And so that's why my my story writing is very reflective of what I felt like was the most important details, which is all the action. None of the setting, none of the scene, none of the understanding of where the fuck anyone is. It's California. You don't need to know anything else. It's the ocean. Whatever. Seagulls are there. The sun is bright. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? And now, on to the story. And so, um, I thought that was very funny and very reflective, that I was just a very impatient writer. I just wanted to get on with it. But um, some things, as a result, were lost in translation. Yeah, what are some of your other notes? Um, so there was a lot of moments where you reference Shining Finger. Yes. He tried he tried to do Shining Finger, um, nine fifty five, but then I remember like towards the end in some of the later duels, um, Shining Finger comes off a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter five, 
1943 um 19 minutes 43 seconds in shining finger killed harry <laughs> mm-hmm. um i think i think i don't know what that means <laughs> like what is what is shining finger <laughs> Like, there's no description to, like, the universe of G Gundam. It's just, here it is, Shining Finger, and it just, it just, I'm, I'm literally, no like, I'm literally yeah. just picturing, like, like, a Gundam with a, it's, like, hand held up, and it's, sh- yeah. finger is shining, or something, like, I, <laughs> and it killed Harry? I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So, and what is funny is that I wrote Shining Thinger. It's supposed to be Finger, so you're correct. But I wrote Thinger because that's what I thought it was from the show. Shining Thinger. Wait, what's, how's that, how's it spelled differently? So it's spelled like Thing, T-H-I-N-G, Thinger, instead of Finger, like I'm pointing my finger. So I wrote Shining Thinger instead of finger but it's but that was because when i was a kid i thought it was finger shining finger and it's actually finger (laughs) and oh my god yeah so shining finger as it is supposed to be is domon's kind of like finishing move his hand gets all glowy and he usually you know will go uh I guess it's like hot or something. He puts it on the person's face and it melts off the head and then like he wins the duel. But um, no explanation of that ever happens. He just says like shining finger and then the battle is over and Harry's dead. So we would never have that. For all we know, it could be someone shoving um, a, a finger up someone's butt and we would never know. Um, <laughs> it could be like a raised middle finger. No one like, yeah. it's just, someone could it just, just be happens. Gravely offended. Exactly. And then they die. <laughs> And so, yeah, Shining Fingers. So you're telling me you weren't compelled to find out more or worried for Domon when Shining well, Finger came into the mix? Well, the thing is, it's just like the the, the fight scenes, like like um, 10-year-old Alana writes to some detail about the fight scenes. Like, um, uh, I would say in half of the stories where there are fight scenes, like you do write about like what happens in them. Um, probably in better detail than you do about like the more mundane things that happen in life, uh, like drinking tea <laughs> or blinking. <laughs> um, it just like oh whenever God. it happens, it's like oh, uh, Domon slashed Harry's arm off uh, of his mecha, then shiny finger killed Harry. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that progression makes no sense to the uninitiated. It just oh, a shining finger happened, and it killed Harry. <laughs> I, love, I love Domom didn't bother to come to his funeral. I mean, isn't he like Aww. his enemy? <laughs> okay, yeah. So now we're getting now yeah, now we're getting to the, another part is like um the relationships. There's there well <laughs> oh my god. I know you wanted to talk about that. I mean and yeah. I, I do have a I'll section about lead. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean just like how dramatic like your writing is for, for at least domon is um uh 1310 chapter three my sorrow happiness in all of my anger as ellen b slashes i think harry i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then um at the end uh man i wish i wrote better notes but like she exclaims that she's tired Wait, hold on. I can find this exact quote. Um, 
yeah, my, so this is my sorrow, my happiness, and all of my anger. I said as I whipped Harrow Gundam angrily and destroyed Harrow Gundam and ran to Domo. Well, and then so it's after um, 1340. Where oh, Where is she now? I see it. Where is she now? She's taking a nap, but it's only 2 p.m. I know, but she is tired. I wonder. <laughs> the tired theme is like insane. Like it comes up so many times. And that's why I was laughing so hard internally while I was reading this because I thought, wow, the foreshadowing in this is unreal. <laughs> it's incredible. Okay, like one more thing about Domo being dramatic that I think kind of comes back to G Gundam and me not knowing the mythology. Um, why does he need to destroy people with DG cells if Rain has medicine for the DG cells? <laughs> like, why, why is he killing people when they could just go to Rain? Right. So I think my recollection, this is a show I have not revisited in over 10 years, uh, Domon is a rather conflicted character. He's kind of, um, I don't know, one of those people who, who kind of has a chip on their shoulder. They've been hurt before, and so they don't want to be hurt again. Um, and I believe that someone with DG cells or maybe DG cells killed his brother. And so instead of, I guess, dealing with the situation, he's just like, let's kill them. I think, I don't know. I mean, he almost turns on Allenby when she's in the hospital and he's like, well, I'm going to have to kill you. You have DG cells. So like, I'm guessing. But, but before I destroy you, I love you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I think it draws from some sort of internal backstory that I never reference and that I honestly can't remember from the show. So yikes. <laughs> That did not translate well. Um, <laughs> so coming to um, the relationship between Alan B and Domo. Right. So before we even get into, oh, sorry, keep saying, I keep teasing it up, but I do want to talk a little bit about Alan B um, in that you write like in one part, like she's a tomboy. In chapter one. <laughs> well, so chapter one, the, the question is, um, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And what is this lead up? Like, this is like some sort of secret thing that you didn't want, or you didn't want. Alan B didn't want people to know for for whatever reason. Like, I don't really know why. Um, but in addition to that, she's also being pursued by Harry, who wants to marry her, but then also kill her. <laughs> like, to the point where, like, they're fighting for hours, and they... He he beats her, but like I guess she's beating him too. They the fight lasted for hours. Yeah, and it sounds like he's literally dying because it like eighteen fifty one chapter five blood is like like gushing from his mouth. Yeah, she's so embarrassed. Oh, I've never had a boyfriend, but here are these this man, random man, trying to marry me, and also Domo, like two men actually trying to marry me. Okay, it's, it's actually here. I, I don't even know what the um, the full context is, but I wrote the quote. I was a tomboy most of my life. <laughs> it sounds like you've been a tomboy till up until now. Like this is that hasn't changed. But like honestly, how would I know? <laughs> uh, it just sounds like you've been fighting Gundams too. So like where? Yeah, what context in which or in in what conversation is this? 
information invited to like how is this information brought about in a natural way the thing is it's not very natural yeah and then at the end when harry dies i think you uh like ellen b says in response i felt bad and <laughs> i felt bad for domo <laughs> being sad uh it's just like okay well <laughs> well a little emotionally stunted there but <laughs> um yeah <laughs> just the way that <laughs> specifically <laughs> domo didn't bother to come to his funeral i felt bad but <laughs> this guy was trying to like murder you i'm but i'm so wealthy question mark like, uh, and then and then okay a, a little bit more on the emotional stunting uh, there's a part where um ellen b is like to domo oh you have to stop going to church now i was waiting until we got to this part <laughs> i get that you're sad but stop going to church right it's taking up too much of our personal time your religious freedom your <laughs> Your, your belief in God is taking up too much of my time. Yes. <laughs> it's so random that this is a plot. It's not like, oh, like this is something that randomly comes up. I never mention it. This is a, a subplot to this story that he is always going on walks and he's always going to church. And I, I mean, and once on one hand in chapter six, it's good for him. So I let him go every day with no question. But then later she's like, we need to spend time together. And Domon goes, we have the rest of our lives to spend together. Let me go to church, bitch. <laughs> what? I, I want to tie that into like, I want to tie it into the relationship that Allenby has with Domon because, okay, so like they, they get together. Um, he saves her from Harry or something. I don't, ugh, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> that is. On, right? Yeah, but um, it starts at chapter six with the God stuff. Um, and I, I actually don't really understand what was going on here, but there's a line here that I think it was Alan B that said, I made Gundam in the, made Gundam in my image. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, image is a, like you made this mech in your image and that sounds a lot like jesus like there's a lot of jesus parallels that start happening here right of. yeah um and yeah and so at this point um i think alan b and domon are together right like i don't think they've gotten married yet right no they haven't gotten married um no they haven't gotten married yet um yeah and uh so the next chapter <laughs> <laughs> um while while Domon is in church, uh Alan B says he's gone to church long enough. <laughs> like and I remember this being a very short chapter and it was like, damn, fuck church. <laughs> like, Goddamn church. Yeah, and you can't always go to church. <laughs> How did you know? I followed you, but that's not important. What is important is that we spend time together. <laughs> like what oh and you're correct this chapter is exactly one page long front and back <laughs> whereas usually it's um a chapter is like oh two or three or four yeah this is the shortest chapter and this is their conversation about church and it is exactly one page long <laughs> yeah and it's like damn like this like this whole chapter was about telling domo not to go to church anymore <laughs> <laughs> we are over that shit we need to spend time together um and and so in my next note next chapter domon stops going to church oh yep he did wow it worked the conversation worked 
fabulous. We love that. Chapter nine, they come back to church. Uh, I don't know that the wedding takes place in a church. I'm assuming it's in a church. But the only thing I have here is that it's exactly as a 10-year-old would write it. And also just super short. It's also a very short chapter. Yes. Very short. And I'm trying to see if this is... Hold on. Um, yeah, is it... No, it's in the next... The very last chapter is where I talk about the wedding and the child. Uh... This So, yeah, so this <laughs> is like where it comes to a head. This is, for me, like the big turning point of, of 10-year-old Alana's first novel. Um... <laughs> So 2806, there are more important things than Gundams to me, like children. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you literally, I mean, like, not that it's described in the book, but like, Allenby's literally piloting a mech to help save the world. <laughs> and my important thing is children. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, and then the big reveal, 20, uh, 2845. Domon and I are Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I couldn't keep myself. I mean, I burst out laughing because it was just... Now, I'm not here knocking anyone that's Catholic or believes in God. I'm obviously Catholic. I believe in God. Clearly, you know, that is was the same when I was 10 years old. But it was just how random it was and also how much Alan B is against church. Like, can we talk about how many times she's like, why are you going to church? Stop going to church. Oh, we're Catholic. <laughs> what? Uh, and it's very pervasive. Like in the in I think the next sentence or whatever in the passage goes, Domon also learned something more important than Gundam's. God. Which church was he going to? Was it like a different denomination? Was it a different sect of Christianity? Like, what? who was he talking to in this church? I mean, I'm just so confused. So now that we're at this point, I'm like very curious, like how much of this overlapped with what you were thinking of at the time as 10 year old Alana like maybe before chapter 10 you were like fuck church I don't want to go it's taking up too much of my time church <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> and then chapter 10 I think you must have gotten confirmed right because now you're just like all about church I'm Catholic now I believe in Jesus and <laughs> yeah I'm so proud of Jomon for making a wise decision for our future um what <laughs> you were literally telling him and like putting him on blast for going to church home girl like pick a side what which is it <laughs> i think like this if, if we're trying to draw parallels to your life i think this story is really about you as a 10 year old girl getting confirmed like you were going to sunday school and then you were like tired of sunday school you're like fuck this goddamn shit yeah. And then chapter 10 comes along and you're just like, never mind. Actually, I found God now. Right. Or I just didn't understand anything because another part that I love about chapter 10, and as you said, a lot of things come to a head. The God discussion, the we're Catholic, we're married, everything's wonderful, right? Well, we have a one-year-old daughter and it's been a year since we got married. I love that you call it a discussion. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That was chapter seven. My bad, not chapter 10. Um, 
But at the beginning of this chapter, it says, it has been a year since um, that dear day that I got married. And then in that same chapter, I said, oh, yeah, we now have a one-year-old child, which means I was literally giving birth on my wedding day. So what I love about this is that I truly didn't end, just so everyone knows, it, it, it is a fact. I am one of the very few people that I know who's gotten a formal talk. I didn't learn about sex until I was 12 years old. So at this point in time, I did not know where babies came from. And that is why there is a one-year-old child a year after I've been married. Because I thought, you know, they just like drop off the kids and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and you baptize them and you're Catholic and like you live happily ever after. It's incredible. for what it's worth analyzing this like i'm still pretty much like impressed that 10 year old alana put this together um there's a lot that happens um you finding god <laughs> this relationship that takes like weird turns very but... weird turns <laughs> um there was a part in chapter eight where i think he kisses uh, domon kisses alan beyond the cheek and it's like the raciest thing that happens in in the whole book I know. I could get used to that direct quote. <laughs> like, he kissed me on the cheek. I could get used to that. And now we have a one-year-old child. Like, that. It, what I love about this story is that it is a picture-perfect, clear idea of how I understood relationships. I, he kisses me on the cheek. We get married within two months. And I have a one-year-old child a year after we've been married. And, like, we're happily ever after. And God is at the center of all this. Like, miracles. <laughs> miracles everywhere. Because God. I've And and I've stopped piloting Gundams. Right. Uh, it's more important. More important. <laughs> than things. saving the world. Oh, yeah. It is fucking phenomenal. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that happen that I just don't understand. But the relationship part is very funny to me. And also the relationship with her best friend who literally like she's just there to introduce Domon and that or she's washing dishes and she goes men like to nothing. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but there was at least twice where someone was like men I'm like what? That's not even about men. Like That's just like a statement. <laughs> so how do you feel about this? Like we're coming back to read it. Like what were your thoughts about 10 year old Alana's writing skills? It wasn't as cringy as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very cringe, but it's actually just really funny <laughs> to me. I enjoyed it. Like I, I was surprised and I, I, I mean, so I enjoyed it not because it's like this great literary masterpiece no. that 10 year old Alana wrote, but uh, like, it's a great look into you and your psyche. And like, I think what you were probably going through at the time, um, you know, <laughs> so it, it's, it's really interesting and it's really funny to just kind of dissect all of that with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I personally can't wait for us to read some of the other, um, fan fiction stories, not just because like, this is so immensely entertaining. I've been excited all week to record this just because it's so funny to me, but to see the progression of me as a writer is also very entertaining because there are aspects of me that improve with time. And there are other aspects that remain the same. <laughs> and um, there is actually in this uh, series, uh, the sequel series is included, the sequel to Alan B's Greatest Adventure. So I'm very thrilled to kind of touch base and return to this world. So audience, if you thought you were done with Alan B's Biggest Adventure, buckle up because you're not. 
So before we end, do you have any thoughts about what you want to call this segment? Well, I was thinking either we should call it Banker Box Fan Fiction or Hikari Bruder, the young novelist. It honestly feeds into my ego to call it to call myself a young novelist and to acknowledge my alter ego that's clearly been with me since I was, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, whatever it was. What do you think? Well, why do we combine the two? What about Hikari Bruder's Banker Box Fan Fiction? Oh, that's cute. <gasps> I love. Let's do that. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so tune in next time, folks, for another segment of Alana's. Oh, damn it. I messed it up. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, honestly, you should be signing off anyways. It's your it's your segment. Oh, but I read the whole chapter. I don't know. Well, are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the episode. Tune in next time for Hikari Bruder's Banker Box Fan Fiction. That's it for our show, folks. I'm Francis. And I'm Alana. And you can find us on Instagram at hqf.productions. We post every other week. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And until next time, the The best best ship to sail on is friendship. friendship.